What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode number 197 of Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries for Saturday, August 22nd, 2020. Yeah, I know. I don't I haven't done that's almost 200 and we have like nothing planned for our. if you're expecting that's normal. That's that's the usual. Honestly, once we broke 100, it was just like, all right, all of our effort and, Eh, you know, it. (laughs) <laughs> all of our effort in giving a fuck is just kind of like well we're showing up isn't that good enough at this point i mean i don't know I, in the early days uh well, I, wouldn't that ha- wouldn't that be how it actually is if you did live to be 197 wouldn't you be like ah all right you know here we go yeah exactly <laughs> you know? so so look at the early episodes as as if as when we were young and spry you know the 30s the 40s 50s you know, then we hit a hundred and we basically die, and now it's like the go <laughs> the ghost of us, pretty much. You know, zombies, These uh, ethereal uh, beings, zombie podcast. But anyway, this is a podcast about unsolved mysteries. How you doing, Mike? How was your week? I'm doing good. Um, my week's been just busy. Uh, I've been working a, a fair amount. Um, haven't had too much drama at work, thankfully. Um. Yeah, I've just it's been pretty good. I I have to have to admit, it's good. Um, Night- only there's there was a few things that didn't really involve me that that was a little dramatic, but one of them I don't really want to talk about on a podcast. Oh, but those are always the best one. The ones that you don't really want to talk about because it's kind of personal. That's always the best shit to talk about. On it's on- not really a personal thing. It's more of a uh, hot- it deals with the current sort of uh, hot button hot stuff. Buttons. And, oh, okay. And, and and I don't want to press those buttons. Oh, okay. So. Well, that's different. Yeah, I, I can understand yeah. wanting to stay away from that. Um, even though I don't know, I'm starting to I'm starting to like like test the waters. I will a- say this. I will say okay. this about one thing. Um, I do not get why some customers are now getting uppity and pissy about uh, the chain shortage. It's not a conspiracy. It's a real thing. And why, I'm like, why do you think the government would do this on purpose? Like, what benefit does this have? It's the lamest conspiracy ever. It really They're is. They're trying to set the stage for the mark of the beast <laughs> and the Antichrist. Yeah, sure. Um, but... Yeah, I had this older gal, you know, I would just say she was trying to pay with cash and I we're at the point now where we do not have like change. We don't. Like we only have whatever change we have in a register and it's not much at all. And I had already given a bunch of people uh before her a lot of my change and I didn't really have enough. So, um she had a card and she eventually decided to on her own volition to pay with her card, but she was being, you know, unnecessarily bitchy about it for some reason. Like, even the customer behind me was like, what the hell is that about? Like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like, I didn't want to use my card because I, I didn't have much money. Um, I didn't have a whole lot of money on it. It's like, okay. Yeah. But you still decide to use the card, so why are you taking it out on me? I don't get it. 
Yeah, you you know, you being in that industry that you're in, you're going to get the psychopaths every now and then, or the people who just are, they might be having... Or they a, get pissed at you if you don't have an item in the store. Yeah. Well, it says online that it's in stock in limited quantities, and I'm mentioning to them that, well, unfortunately, that doesn't necessarily mean that we have it in stock. So then the, the guests, like, just stormed out the door, you know, I've just glared at me and, you know, whatever. I don't understand, like, of all the things, like, and all it was was, like, a clearance uh, plastic bin. Oh, my God. A I, white plastic bin. You had a fucking cairn in the making. It was a white plastic bin. That's all it was. And there were pink and yellow ones. And she was just going to put, like, ice or, 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 you know, cans of soda or beer or something in it. And I was like, there, we have pink and yellow ones. And it's like... Of all the fucking problems, oh, I don't, I don't get my white plastic bin. Fuck Michaels and fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> it said it had it in stock online, motherfucker. Yeah, that's a, that's the epitome of a first world problem right there. I didn't, I you didn't have the white plastic bin that I wanted for like a dollar. Yeah, and then to like pitch a, to pitch a fit about it, you know, it's just like, <laughs> God, lady, I mean, Jesus Christ, get some fucking perspective in your life. Like, like, like 15 year old Josh needed, which you, <laughs> which you will hear later on uh, in this podcast with the perks of being a Josh flower diaries. Um, well, that's good that you've had a good week other than, uh, you know, dealing with a Karen. Um, my week's been pretty good too, I guess. Um, okay, so here's the deal with the shirts. Uh, I'll update you on this. Um, <laughs> all right, so the guy who was supposed to make the shirts, and I already mentioned this in our Facebook group, but I'll just reiterate it on here. The guy who was supposed to make the shirts, um, he couldn't do the job because our shirts require nine colors. This guy could only print six colors. So he outsourced the job to one of his friends, and he didn't even tell me. Like you would think that if you were gonna do something, well, yeah, yeah, you would think that he would, you would know that. Yeah, right? like yeah, he would notify little... you, like, hey, I can't, I am not set up to to screen print like this many colors, so I'm gonna send the job to my friend. Is that okay? You know, and I would have been either like yes or no, but he didn't do that. He just did it without telling me. And so when I called him and asked about the shirts, he's like, oh, my friend uh is doing the job and he's he hasn't been answering his texts and i'm like okay so what what am i you know what the fuck and he he's like oh just give him a few days i was like all right and then i i gave him a few days and on monday i'm like calling the same guy again because i don't have his friend's number i only have my guy my shirt guy's number and I'm calling him and I'm and, and, you know, it keeps going to voicemail. And I thought maybe he's ducking my call. So I actually call him from another phone number I have. I actually call him through Skype because I have these like Skype credits where I can actually make phone calls to cell phones. And he still didn't answer. So I was like, all right, well, maybe he's just really busy. I waited like an hour and I called him again, still went to voicemail. And so then I just text him. I said, dude, just tell me what's going on with the shirts, man. Are you going to have them or not? Because if if you're not going to have them anytime soon, I just I just want to cancel my order and take my business elsewhere. And he's like, uh, I'm sorry, Josh. He's really backed up, blah, blah, blah. So the, the guy hadn't even started on the fucking shirts. So after all this crap, 
and realizing that like all of our customers or all the people who are going to want be wanting a shirt are going to be like online uh, obviously you guys aren't in jacksonville florida so you're not going to buy them from me directly so i just said fuck it and uh opened up a teespring account so um the shirts will most likely be available on teespring which is uh really a good thing because they come in all various sizes i think extra small is the one size they don't have but um they're made to order so i don't have to keep a huge stock of them in my house um they're just on teespring and um have you seen what the quality is like though i haven't that's the only reason i haven't promoted that's the only reason i haven't announced the shirts because i ordered a sample shirt for myself and it's supposed to be here like monday or tuesday and i'm going to examine the quality and if i feel like it's up to par then I'll tell I'll give you guys the link, but, but until then, yeah, because sometimes shirts from those you know sites are you know the the quality is not the best, right? And if that but, if that's know, the case, then I'm just we not, shall see. Uh, yeah, if that's the case, I'm definitely not going to promote because uh, I, I don't want to send out a shirt that is not comfortable. Like the la- mm-hmm. our first run of shirts weren't the most comfortable in the world, in my opinion. I was, yeah, I mean, comfort is, is is one thing, but another thing is just the quality of the print. Like the, yeah, the quality is, yeah, you know, kind of shoddy. Then, yeah, yeah, could be a comfy shirt, but well, I'm uh. gonna make sure that that's right as well. <laughs> Those are the two things I'm looking for: is the quality of the print and how mm. comfortable the shirt is. And if those two things check out. Then I will send you the link. I mean, the designs are already to go. And then will you be doing advertisements uh, on your YouTube channel, like, and keep talking about your merch and and every video, like every other YouTuber? Yeah, does? that that was actually where I got the idea from. I was watching some random chick's vlog, and she's like, "Yeah, so I finally decided to make shirts. Everyone recommended I go through Teespring. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna try that out myself because." I'm old school with how I like making merch. I like going to an actual screen printer locally mm-hmm. and having them print up 50 or 100 shirts. And then I just literally mail the shirts out of my house. That's how I've done it for my band. That's how I've done it for the first run of Uncovering Explained Mystery shirts. Mm-hmm. But this time around, I was like, you know what? This just makes sense in like every way possible. And I think Teespring, you can do other kinds of uh, things. Too, yeah, you can do different. You know, with the design. Yeah, so the, the good news is, is that the, the shipping is cheaper for Canada and international um, for whatever mm. reason. Um, maybe they have some kind of distribution deal with these other people or whatever. Or they have a warehouse yeah. in that country. So shipping will be cheaper. The shirts themselves will be a little bit more money just because... Uh, they take more of a cut at Teespring, uh, so I had to charge a little more just so I can, you know, make some kind of profit off of this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only going to be a few dollars more, but it'll be cheaper for anyone outside of the U.S. And the other good thing is, is you can get these in like fucking all kinds of different colors. Currently, I have um, like a. Oh yeah, another thing that kind of bummed me out. They didn't have the teal color that I wanted. They had more of a, a periwinkle blue. It still hmm. it still looks good, but it's not that light blue that I wanted, like yeah. that teal. Like I th- I thought that that was really gonna pop, but they uh, they unfortunately didn't have it in that color. But the good news is they have um, yellow. I did yellow, orange, uh, periwinkle blue. Uh, if the shirt comes in and it's good quality, I'll, I will add all the colors that they allow me to add. They had like a gray, they had a black, so you can literally go in and select whatever color you want, which was definitely not an option cool. that you had 
with uh, the last shirts that we did. So yeah, that's the um, that's the long ass winded update on the shirts. But like I said, I w I'm not gonna promote this. I'm not going to let anyone know what the link is until I know that the fucking shirt's good. Because that's the last thing I would want is for you guys to get something off there and have it be subpar, and then I would feel like shit. So yeah, I'm gonna make sure it's good mm -hmm. before that. Uh, had another run in with with uh, with Hurricane <laughs> Hurricane Kimmy is what I like to call her at this point. Uh, some people have suggested that she might be stalking me. No, she's not stalking me. It's just a fucking small. I want to say it's a small town. Jacksonville is actually ginormous, so it's. I mean, it's not a small town, but it is in the Riverside yeah. area. The Riverside community is a small uh -huh. group of people. Everyone kind of knows each other, and we all hang out at the same places. So yeah. it's a never. If if you don't like someone in Riverside, it's it's unfortunate for you because you're most likely going to see their ass everywhere, and that's kind of the case with her. So with uh, with Kimmy, uh, you've gotten some advice from our, our listeners. Uh, yeah, someone may, someone um, someone said in the group they're like you you guys you need to just plow Kimmy already because uh, it sounds like you guys would have great sex or whatever. Um, the, see, and, and I have mentioned before that I, I do find her attractive, but she's insane. Uh, the problem with me uh, uh, hooking up with her, if you will, uh, in that in that made up scenario, if that were to ever happen, I, I would have to deal with her after the fact. And mm -hmm. she's fucking nuts. And if there was some yeah. kind of a eject button on my bed that just jettisoned her through my roof after <laughs> oh like my right God. after the sex was over, then I would do it. <laughs> But uh, that's the only way that, that that would ever go down on my end. Um, here's my advice, uh, Josh. Relax. Don't do it. Uh, was that really the thing you were holding from before we started recording? <laughs> Mike, no, I mean, there were some other things. Mike was I like, mean, hey, I, I, got, I got some jokes. I'm going to save it for when we record. And no, I, was like, I, th I, th I think that's a fun one. Yeah, it's a Frankie goes. It's a one-hit wonder band from the '80s reference that I'm sure some people will get. But I mean, <laughs> Mike, when are you going to have kids so you can justify all these dad jokes? You've got you've got to at least adopt a kid. Yeah, I think with the amount of dad jokes that you do, you you legally have to have a kid. Like you can't go this amount and not have a kid. It's just it's the rule of comedy. <laughs> Uh, but no, so uh, last night I was at this uh, place, and uh, I, I'm trying not to give too much information because I don't want anyone actually like looking her up and finding her. Uh, some people are like, oh, post a picture. I'm not going to do any of that. I respect her as a human being. I just don't get along with her. And she is a drunk um, who is attractive, but I don't like her personality at all. Last night I was at this bar or whatever, and she was there, and... Um, <clears throat> I was talking to my friend, Robbie, and um, she can't... Okay, so she's, like, dumb, right? But she's, like, very, like, arrogant and confident. And there's, like... I don't know of, like, a worse cocktail for a person Ooh, yeah. being dumb yeah. and confident. That is, like, the a recipe for all... I think every drunken bar fight has started from someone who's dumb and confident. <laughs> like my dad when he decided to take on like a whole uh, crew of uh, Samoans, like you know, it was like just like tons of like you know big 
really strong Samoans at this bar. He's he was wasted. And he gets really obnoxious when he gets drunk. What was that? It was, so, was that like the Filipino version of Roadhouse or something? <laughs> <laughs> Pain don't hurt none. Uh, no, but really, uh, he, he thought he was going to, you know, take him on. And, and no, that was a dumb idea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's normally what happens. Yeah. Uh, with that kind of stuff. Um, Darwin Awards. Yeah. That's how Darwin Awards occur. So... She she has this Kimmy has this thing she does and and a lot of confident you know attractive people do this especially if they're drinking, um, they feel they have a right to like butt into any conversation no matter how well they know the person or not or no matter if the people are like in the middle of like a conversation like dumb attractive confident people feel like they have the right to just butt in because the world is forever waiting for them to speak because we're just all ears because you're so you're so attractive and special that that we care so much about what you have to say you know so of course we don't mind you just it like inter interrupting the conversation and like interjecting yourself into everything so she comes over by me and my friend Robbie and Robbie is this guy who is just completely not impressed by hot chicks like he loves women he loves all that kind of shit, but he's just, he's got his own kind of self-confidence. He doesn't need to woo women constantly. He doesn't need to simp to uh, attractive women constantly like some of my other friends who I, sh- I shall not mention. Um, so anyway, she comes over and I'm like talking to him about something. And she comes in and she just like literally sits down next to him while we're talking. She go- And she just starts going, yeah, so blah, 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 blah. And she just like, like goes into a completely different thing and completely interrupts like totally rude and i got uh, and robbie goes oh the uh, yeah i was kind of just talking to josh just then but that's cool and i was like yeah kimmy you kind of just like interrupted us like right in the middle of us having a conversation and she's like no i i was talking to him we were having a conversation before you even came up and 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 robbie being the solid dude he is instead of just simping to her and being like yeah, I guess that's true. You know, because he doesn't want to upset her. Mm-hmm. Robbie goes, "No, actually, actually, me and Josh were talking. You just walked up and you interrupted us because you're drunk right now." <laughs> and and Kimmy <laughs> just sits there and stares at him like, oh, "How dare you talk to an attractive woman this way? How dare you not kiss my boots? You know, like and and, and simp to me and and you know just just kiss my ass." And she just kind of slowly gets up and stumbles away drunkenly like, I've never been talked to that way. And the funny thing is, is like she was completely in the wrong, but she's not going to see it that way. She's going she's going to see it as, wow, Robbie's a rude asshole. Fuck those guys, because that's how those that's how those type of people are. They they never they're never like they, they can't. They can't see the fucking, they can't smell their own shit, you know? They, they, they think that, uh, oh, well, well, even if I did interrupt, you could have been a lot more polite about how you wouldn't. No, if, if we tried to correct you in any way, shape, or form, you would have gotten offended. You would have thought, oh, that was rude, fuck you, because you were corrected. And nobody likes being, especially if you're drunk, dumb, and confident, you don't want, you, you do not want to be corrected, and you do not want to listen to any kind of, you know, like, hey. You well, I think usually they're too inebriated to even comprehend that thought, you know, mm-hmm. uh, of like, oh, uh, 
I could have, you know, said it differently, or or they could have said things differently, or anything. Or I no, could have just, just so direct. Or I could have just waited for my turn to speak. Um, yeah, you know, and not interrupt these people's conversation. Well, when you're drunk, it's kind of hard for you know you, you're a lot of people when they get drunk when they get absolutely plastered, their inhibitions are are shot. So. As a result, their self-control is lacking, so they'll tend to just yeah, throw which, up and which vomit, word vomit, you know, out of nowhere. And that's the worst thing about drunk people, because they, when they're sober, I, I feel like they should still have to account for their actions. If you kill someone when you're drunk, you don't get to just say, I was drunk. You fucked well, up. Yeah, no. You still go to jail. But yet, socially, whenever you make a jackass statement or you behave like a complete asshole, the next day there's just this kind of like expectation that you're going to be forgiven because you were really drunk. And it's one thing if if you do it like once every year or, or like yeah. every now and like once in a blue moon, you might make an ass of yourself when you drank too much. That's one thing. But every time this this chick goes out, there's there's an incident like this, and it's just like. Dude, like you need you got a problem, man. You have a fucking problem. You, I don't know what it is. I don't know if you're taking some kind of medication with the alcohol that's, uh, you know, magnifying the effects of it. I don't know if you're just sitting at the bar pounding shots. I don't keep up with her drinks. I don't care. Some people also uh, handle alcohol differently. Well, you know, this, has different this effects bitch has them. been drinking for so long that I, that that she, you know. She could probably hold her liquor, but I'm thinking that there's other stuff. Are you in the thinking mix. like are you thinking she's 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 uh, been drinking so much that she gets a blood test? Uh, you know, they'll, they'll test positive for alcohol. Um, <laughs> you know that kind of thing. No, no. I mean, I think I don't know. Maybe she's on like an anti anxiety or antidepressant, and she's mixing it with alcohol, or she's you know maybe, maybe like doing some other recreation. That's definitely not good. She's doing some other recreational okay. drug and mix. I don't fucking know, but she like. Later on that night, she was like sitting on her ass on the on the floor on the outside bar and no shoes on, just legs spread open wearing a dress. And I, you know, I I just glanced over that. I'm like, whoa, okay, chick with the sitting on the oh, that's Kimmy. Okay, that makes sense. Um, You know, (laughs) then then she's like sitting down at our table again, just being like, I just want to go home. Someone take me home. I just want to go the fuck home, blah, blah. And it's one of those things where she's like, fuck it. I'm just going to drive home. And everyone's like, no, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and she's, you know, and, and, and with a drunk person, the more you tell them no, the, the harder they want to do it. Because... So it seems like Kimmy is like every stereotype of a drunk chick. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, pretty much. In reality. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think I've ever dealt with her like sober, really, you know, which is kind of. I almost feel like it's like an unfair, yeah, thing you because know, your your image of her is always the you know the drunk chick. Yeah, but but again, it's like I don't know why I would make an excuse for her because no one would do that for me. They wouldn't. They, yeah. If the situation was reversed and I was an asshole to her and a dick to her, she wouldn't be on her podcast, which she doesn't have one, by the way, to my knowledge. Uh, it would be hilarious if she did have one, though. I wish I would definitely guide everyone to listen to it. Um, the, the the drunk Kimmy cast like she's actually drunk yeah she gets back from just the bar making her and then a, does a re- her making her outrageous <laughs> claims that she speaks German like she, like I I know I already said this on podcast but she like literally this one time I said yeah. I said something to Stephanie in German 
And Kimmy goes, oh, you're fucked now. I know exactly what you said. Yeah, exactly. And I literally, I said to her in German, I said, you don't know how to speak German. Yeah. And she just stares at me and she goes, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, uh-huh, yeah, good good German dipshit. But, uh, you know, if the worlds were reversed and I was this drunken dick to her, I spit beer on her, I berated her, I interrupted her in conversations, mm-hmm. she wouldn't be on her pod- podcast going, but, you know, it's kind of unfair because I have only known Josh when he's drunk and I've never seen him when he's sober. She would just be like, fuck, he's a fucking douchebag guy, chauvinist motherfucker, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, fuck yeah, him. Yeah. He's a piece of dirt, you know, and it would be uh-huh. totally acceptable. Everyone would be like, here, here. They'd be cheering her on. Yeah, yeah fuck that man. You know, so fuck her. I'm not going to, I'm. you know. It'd be like, preach. Gen- gender equality here. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to equally bash her like she would bash me and, and has I already done so, I'm sure. Because I'm pretty sure she thinks I'm an asshole just because I live in the uh, real world of of not being a drunk in public. All right, that's enough Kimmy bashing uh. for right now. Let's move on into the unsolved mysteries. Sorry about this long yeah, ass intro. Yeah, because this isn't the Kimmy bashing podcast. No, but people seem to be entertained by her drunken <laughs> antics. I swear to God, uh. if she ever finds this podcast, this is going to be the most hilarious thing ever. Like this will be the Kimmy calamities. Maybe I'll have her on or something. No, I don't know. Like, <laughs> that would be ins- that would be insane. That would be fucking. I, like hash out our problems on the fucking podcast. Oh my god. Oh, that would be uh, so and funny. Then you try to have me be the mediator and be like, hey, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> she would just interrupt you. Like she wouldn't even let you speak. Yeah, she would just talk over you. That'd- and then I would get to experience what it's like to be on your side when it comes. to yeah. you, when I interrupt you. I call it I call it hot girl privilege. Like when you just interrupt someone and, and don't give a fuck that uh you know that th- they were literally right in the middle of a conversation with someone else. That's like hot girl privilege. I'm not gonna say white privilege, but that's that's hot girl privilege. When when you just expect all men to just be like, yo, whatever you have to say is so interesting, and, and I'm I'm all ears. And I you, do you want to ride? Do you want to drink? I, I'm willing yes, to. Yes, your majesty. Yeah, exactly. It's it's fucking hot girl privilege. I mean, guys have it to a certain extent, like attractive dudes, but not nearly as much as as chicks do. And, and this is from years of me going to bars and seeing this firsthand. Now, yes, hot chicks have to deal with some bullshit too, with like guys sexualizing them all the time and 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 talking to them differently and assuming yeah assuming you know but but there is kind of a a double it is a double-edged sword um you know that that people don't acknowledge kind of uh some of the benefits that sometimes come along with that as well you know it's not all it's not all uh thunderstorms over there there are silver linings to those 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 clouds so anyway let's get into this uh week's case the case of mafus huck don't give a fuck hit someone with his truck now um this is a classic Unsolved Mysteries episode. Um, I like this one a lot. Uh, this is one of those ones that I've seen and kind of forgot existed. Uh, I was trying to see. Yeah, when, fell in between the cracks. What season was this on? I'm trying. Uh, five. 1992. Season five? They, yep. they are already in season five by 92? Wow, okay. Mm-hmm. Season five, still still a, a good, you know, like classic, uh, you know, uh, era of Unsolved Mysteries right in the middle there. Good spot. When the show had just hit its, it was hitting its stride, and it was just everything they were putting out was just good back then. Um, so Mafus Huck is wanted for the murder of 19-year-old Todd Richard Kelly, who is the new boyfriend of Mafus's ex, Christy Mutzfield. It's funny they start out this reenactment with uh, spoiler alert: uh, Mafus ends up killing Todd Kelly. Um, 
and Christy discovers the body, and that's how they start the segment out or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and like Christy's scream at the beginning of the reenactment was just that stock. I'm pretty sure is a stock scream because you don't actually see her on camera, so they're they were able to do that. Addition. Just put in the Willem scream in the background. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, no, this was the this was like the stock woman horror scream, the, ah! that kind yeah, of blood yeah. curling thing. Like she, they 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 did that, and then she like runs out, and the the outfit is just fantastically like uber late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, it's like the pants, the pants suit. It was like it was like a pantsuit from the Jetsons. Like it, it was like futuristic yet dated at the same time. Um, yeah, and and it didn't do anything, you know. No, for, for, no, nineties clothing. It, it looked fucking baggy as fuck. Well, it, man. not even the because I understand that the baggy look was in in the nineties, but even like the women's clothing that was meant to be sexy did nothing. I can't believe the strides. That's not sexy. I can't believe <laughs> yeah. the strides that they've made in, in women's clothing in the last like 10 or 15 years or 20 years. Like they are, they've come up with like so much more flattering clothing. And they don't have the shoulder pads anymore either. Yeah. Yeah. They've, where, the, where the women were on purpose wanting to look like linebackers. <laughs> yeah, there was some, I guess, uh, some some kind of argument that, like, you know, mentally it will fool the men into thinking you're a man too, and they'll hire you in, in higher paying <laughs> positions. Yeah, that was the that was a, the thinking behind the shoulder pads because I didn't even know that was the thinking behind the shoulder pads. Wow. Yeah, because men have broad shoulders, right? Women typically, okay. t- women typically don't have broad shoulders. There's this um, kind of philosophy that. That male uh, shape with with the it almost like the upside down triangle where you have the broad shoulders and it's kind of a V you know or whatever mm-hmm. like that 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 male shape or whatever is uh, more uh, typically more conducive to getting the higher positions in in uh, you know cr- like uh, the career ladder and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, it's it was all this kind of like psychological philosophy that someone develop that if if we give was, women i wonder if it was i wonder if it was a guy who came up with the shoulder pads probably quite honestly it probably <laughs> was a guy who came up with it because that sounds like something that um that you know or maybe it was one i don't fucking know but anyway the the whole philosophy behind it was that if giving the uh woman more of an appearance of broad shoulders made them look more confident it made them look more you know capable i guess um, and that's literally what that's, but that's kind of problematic. Like you're just like, oh, you know, women, they they can only look uh, confident and more capable if they look more like a man. Like, what? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the I, I think that's one of the reasons why they stopped doing it, because it was, you know, yeah. it was kind of like the the philosophy behind it was stupid. And I mean, you know, sexism in the workplace definitely exists. Uh, my mom was a victim of it, um, you know, yeah. because of her being female, you know, um, it's one of those things where it's like you can't prove it, but you know, you know, she knew. Oh, yeah. She told me she's yeah. she's like, son, if I and my mom's not even, you know, uh, whatever you want, a social justice warrior or woke or whatever. She's not even involved or interested in any of that shit. But she's told me she goes, son, if I was a man, I would have already been, you know, in such and such position that she was trying to get. And she's like, I, you know, I know for a fact it's she, she, she she's like, I'm overly qualified. I've been here longer than any of these men have been here, you know, blah, 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 blah. And yet they keep hiring 
these men to do this yeah. you know, position. It so. just it just also depends on the environment, the working environment that that, that you're in. Well, this was like some officey type. Like she worked. Well, yeah, she worked for the Bacardi, the liquor alcohol company uh-huh. or whatever. Yeah, it just like I said, it just depends on the environment you're in. Uh, if it's if it's one way, it's it usually tends to stay that way. Another thing with Bacardi too, since it's uh, Puerto Rican based, uh, they they had this whole like the Bacardi family. Like they they had this mm-hmm. kind of whole thing where sometimes they would want someone from the family to get this high high up position or they would want oh, of someone of uh, Hispanic yeah. descent to get the uh, you know Puerto Rican descent to get the position you know so there was that was in play too so it's all kinds of shit in the workplace but anyway yep goddamn that was a tangent um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah Christy Mutzfield uh Todd Richard blah 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 Todd and Christy were from Hamilton Indiana a small lakeside resort town the two met during their junior year of high school and began dating. After graduation, he asked her to marry him, but she declined because she was planning to go to college. The next fall, she started classes at a college seven miles away. While there, she met Mafus, and the two began dating. Mafus and his parents had immigrated to the United States from Bangladesh. Just a few weeks after they started dating, however, he and one of his friends were arrested for three separate robberies. Uh, during the one robbery, they stole $1,000 worth of jewelry from his own aunt. However, he told Christy it was his friend who was responsible. Mafus was placed under house arrest, and during this time, he became extremely possessive over Christy. He told her that if he found her with anyone else, he would kill them and then kill her. That's always a good sign. I feel like if you look up the definition of a red flag in the dictionary, it would have this guy's picture. Um... Or that statement, at least. Uh, if yes, if that definitely that statement. If I ever see you with anyone else, I'm I will kill, kill them and, and then kill you. Yeah, yeah. And that's usually followed with then myself. Um. So a few months later, she decided to rekindle her romance with Todd. Yeah, you know that's smart. After uh, you know yeah. being told that, you know, yeah, put put you know put Todd's life in danger too because well I don't I don't know I mean maybe she just she didn't really t- automatically think that those threats really had anything behind them because there's a lot of times where someone might say that and then you know they they don't really have the balls and they don't really don't do it um and you know maybe it just she was like yeah sure right okay and then just decided to go on with her life. That's a, I mean, that's a pretty ballsy assumption because, I mean, there's really no way of jokingly saying, yeah, if you uh, if I ever catch you with someone, no, I'm going to no, kill no, you I'm and then say, kill I'm them. Not, I, I, yeah, I'm not saying it's a joke. I'm just saying that she might have not considered that at that time that he would actually go through with that. Again, that's a ballsy assumption on her part because think about it. That guy would have had to have said that statement to her at some point. Whether it be whether it be in a restaurant, whether it be wherever, it, you know, and it was probably in a semi-serious tone. Like, hey, if if you ever if I ever find out that you were with anyone yeah. else, I will kill you and kill but them. But at the same time, what is she supposed to do? Like, not be with other other people? Like, because he's being a possessive uh, dickhole? No. So you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, can't I live in fear her whole life. That Mafus is gonna, you know, come over and you know, kill her and kill the guy. Even so. though that's kind of exactly what he did. But anyway, um, I know. But hey, you know, 
I don't blame her for trying to get back together, you know, with Todd. I, I, I wanted to do. I, I feel like there might have been. I don't know. I feel like if you're in that situation, there, there's, there's got to be some kind of way to finesse yourself like out of that. I don't know. Without, I, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, that's that's a hard one, ladies. If any guy ever says that, I don't know. Maybe just go to the, pol- well, the police can't do anything. They can't do anything until he does. Yeah. Something. Just ladies, just buy a gun at that point and always have it on you. I guess I don't know. Um, so, um, she gets back with her her. Uh, she rekindles. Now they showed Todd. I think I think uh, was it the reenactor or or actual an actual photo of Todd? But the re- I think it was might have been the reenactor. They showed him with that those ninety sunglasses. You know those ones that were just like super fucking nineties with the zigzags and shit. Yeah, I mean, this guy, even his picture, um, I mean, he had just a hardcore mullet that he was rocking, just just <laughs> white. wearing Zupaz. Yeah. <laughs> just white boy, like, the just looks like he has a family that vacations in Cape Cod, looking ass with his mullet. Yeah. Feel bad for him because he died, but, I mean, oh, absolutely. He, he had a crazy mullet and, uh, and, 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 and looked like one of the first white people that has ever existed. Uh, he looks like the 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 mold that all other people white people have come from that that he looked like the typical cliched uh good looking jock in you know the movies to me yeah yeah the football player kind of yeah anyway so um just two weeks before todd's murder mafus walked 10 miles from his house to christie's only to dis- barefoot yeah, dude, ten, By the way. 10 miles is insane. Like, I run on my treadmill for, like, 30 minutes at 6 miles an hour or whatever. And in that time, I only cover 3 miles. And that's, like, 30 minutes of, like, you know, running. You know. You see yourself doing that barefoot? <laughs> yeah, so, so multiply that times 2. And then 1 mile after that. And he walked. So that... That would have taken like a couple hours. I feel like um, he might have jogged too. Even even jogging though. I mean, it, Jesus, that would have at least taken an hour and a half, two hours yep. at least. He walked ten miles from his house to Christie's only just to, to discover that she was out with Todd. On August seventh, nineteen eighty nine, Todd was at a friend's house when Mafus appeared unexpectedly. He asked Todd if he was still planning on seeing Christie. Todd said that he would because she said that she loved him. The friend did not think that the two were angry with each other, and they interviewed the friend, and he's like, yeah, Mafus just showed up, and they ne- never raised their voice, and they even shook hands when, when they left. Yeah, Mafus just came up, he asked Todd if he was going to quit seeing her, and this is the friend, he's like, and Todd told him no, their voices are never raised or anything like that, they shook hands, and really just seemed like it was pretty much all over and done with, you know? So, But it wasn't. At 7 a.m. on August 9th, 1989 so a few days later christy found todd dead in his home he had been stabbed seven times in the chest back and ribs fucking ouch damn jesus that would hurt ah ah i hate you can tell it's a crime of passion at that point i I cringe just i cringe at the frustrated i cringe at the thought of 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 of, uh any kind of stabbing the internal organs Mm -hmm. more overkill yeah, one hundred percent more. I, I think I would definitely rather be shot than stabbed. Rather be shot in the face with a shotgun. 
Oh, dude! Live, if you get shot, like that one, like that one, uh, that one uh, gal who got oh, shot man. by that, that trucker. I saw that. Yes. Hold, and then this is a this is another rabbit trouble. I'll make it quick. Yeah. So there was this chick who uh, we got, covered that case. I think. Yeah. I don't know if we did or not, but there was this chick who fucking shot herself in the fucking head with her brother's gun or something because she was. Oh no, it's not that one. It's a different. Okay. One. So this is uh, so what I'm talking about. It was on like t like uh one of those like magazine shows like like uh, uh -huh. inter no it wasn't entertainment tonight it was uh it was one of those like 60 minutes or something like that so she shoots herself in the face because she's distraught over her boyfriend it was some dumb teen thing and she just literally and she even said she's like i just 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 made a snap decision you know and 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 she that's not that's sometimes all it is she shot herself in the face and she lived and they mm. had to do all this fucking reconstructive surgery and her face like after it was all said and done it looked like this mishmash like surgical face it didn't look she was so fucking cute before she did that like she had so much going for her and now she just looks like uh, i don't know what but it was well just a poster child for don't make rash decisions yeah and, that, and that's kind of that's kind of like that was her like message and in, in her i guess I, yeah. I think she talks about it now it's good because she's she's like i'm so glad i lived like i i'm so glad yeah. that i didn't die and another thing like obviously her mouth and head and all were fucked up uh -huh. so whenever she was talking she was talking like this because she couldn't really, you know, because like she fucked a lot yeah. of muscles in her face up. So it's well, like, understandable. Yeah. And like, uh, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was just fucking crazy. But, uh, yeah, anyway. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, being stabbed to death. I don't want to be stabbed or shot. I, I, you know, both sound bad to me. Yeah. I mean, there's like, really I mean, no anything that involves me dying. Yeah. Like, no thanks. Yeah. There's no, no real good way to, to do that. Uh, unless I will uh, say, like, the ones that, like, I, that really, scare me is like burning or like you know if the whole thing if dave box was still alive oh god in the, that's in the smelter that's, that yeah that that that's uh, oh jesus christ you know you'd be alive for at least like 10 seconds of that and those are that would be the most hellacious 10 seconds of your fucking life oh my yep. god i can't imagine that being lowered into a fucking smelter full of lava basically mm -hmm. um I want to die when I'm like 98 years old where literally no one will be sad because it's like he's old as fuck and senile. Yeah. I don't want anyone to be sad over my death and I feel like dying really old is like the only way to truly like go out in style, uh -huh. you know? Because it's like you die you died, you let you led a long life, you you know, maybe raised some kids you know they're older they have their own lives mm -hmm. you know you're just kind of taking up space at this point your brain is like kind of deteriorating a little bit to where like you're just like you, you know your emotions aren't as potent as they used to be so you're not all sad and depressed that you're old you're just like eh, what you know you're just you don't really know what's going on oh and then you just kind of close your eyes and die one day i think that's the only way that it's not sad and pathetic uh... anyway um I think it's still going to be sad for people who know you and love you. Yeah, no I don't what. know. It depends. Depends on if you were if you were famous in any way. If you weren't, then nah. It doesn't necessarily mean famous. I mean, just you know, if if you were a big part of someone's life, 
Yeah, true. Anyway, uh, Rabbit Trail Central here. Hope you guys are enjoying this. <laughs> the Rabbit Trail podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, so he'd been stabbed in the chest, back, and ribs. Just hours earlier, Christy and Todd had uh, spent time together in the home. They fucked, okay? The show will oh, yeah. The show will not say it. They they dance around it like seven ways no, to Sunday. The, her, I think, I think Todd's dad says it. Todd's dad said they were making love. Yeah, Todd's dad says it, but they like were making whoopee. <laughs> everyone, everything, the everything else in the show was like dancing around the fact that, yeah, she just fucked him, and then three hours later he's dead. Pretty much is what they're saying. Yeah, if Todd's dad could probably get away with saying it, he'd probably like, yeah, you know, they just banged early, you know, earlier, and then, uh, <laughs> you know, Todd was was dead pretty soon after. My son was really slider that Italian sausage, eh? Um. <laughs> <laughs> he he did, he he's not he does not look Italian. I just wanted to say Italian sausage. Um, just hours earlier, the two had spent time together. Uh, they fucked. Uh, investigators determined that he had been killed around 3 a.m. When inspecting the crime scene, they noticed the body had been cleaned up and moved into the living room from another so part of the home. They had a theory about. Uh, they had this is like the first of two theories about what happened. The first one was that Mafus just jumped on Todd like he found a way into the house and just jumped on him and started stabbing him the re- the way the reenactment sets it up is actually pretty funny because all of a sudden you know the, the lights are out and then he breaks in and then he's not su- subtle about this at all there's no stealth there's no substance of any sort of mystery or suspense he just goes ah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, um, fucking, they, they blah, 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 cleaned up the body, moved into living from another part of the home. Sheriff L.M. McClellan noticed that there were no sheets on the bed. He also noticed a spot of blood on the floor near the bottom, near the bathroom door. It is believed that the sheets were used to help clean up the crime scene. The bed sheets have never been found. Cigarette butts found in the front yard match the brand spoke, smoked by Mafus. It was the, the narration said like, oh, it was uh the it was uh the bed sheets were never found, which is peculiar or something. I'm like, how is that peculiar? Like that's a normal thing in the in in this kind of instance. Like like when it comes to murder scenes, usually the bed sheets or the, the rug or these other things, they're you know, if they can get rid of them, they get rid of them. That's not that's not abnormal for a crime scene. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it would be abnormal if they just left everything. Yeah. <laughs> they just said, fuck it, you know, and there's just blood everywhere, left behind the, the sponge and, like, gloves and, you know, all this other stuff and a letter and a note that says, I did it, Mafus. <laughs> it would also be abnormal if all they found behind, they didn't find the bed sheets, but they found like a rubber clown nose. That would also be abnormal. <laughs> um, you know, they found uh, l- like a like a Ronald McDonald business card on the ground or something. <laughs> anyway, uh, it was also discovered that Todd's car had been wiped clean and the keys were missing. It was theorized that the killer planned to remove the body from the scene, but was unaware that the car did not work. Investigators were certain that Mafus was either involved with or responsible for the murder. However, he vanished before he could be questioned. 
Investigators then decided to track his movements around the time of the murder between 11 p.m. and 1 a.m. on the night of the murder. Two eyewitnesses reported seeing him walking barefoot in the direction of Todd's home. At virtually that same moment, Christy and Todd were fucking at the home. While there, she heard noises outside, although Todd believed that it was his dog. See, that kind of shit freaks me out because I believe it's my possum under my bath, you know, under my, uh-huh. uh, that lives under my bathtub. Um, so, you know. I, well, it probably is your possum. Yeah, most. Does the possum have a name? Yeah, you know, I never actually named the possum, which is weird because, like, I name everything else in my life. Cause, like, I name, I have this big, fat ass Cuban tree frog that likes taking shits on my windowsill that I named Pongo, but uh, <laughs> I have not named the possum yet. Um, and yes, I am aware I'm supposed to... Ki- for some reason, Pongo sounds like a better name for a, than a Pongo the Possum, right? No, <laughs> Pongo is a good name for this frog because he's very fat and he he looks... He's very rotund, so I feel like Pongo oh, okay. is a good, round, fat-sounding name. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and, and yes, I'm aware I'm supposed to kill Cuban tree frogs because they're an invasive species that eat our normal uh, tree frogs here in the United States, but I'm not going to kill... Uh, this beloved frog, um, he is too cute. So I'm, I'm, you know, maybe a dog will fuck it up or something, but I'm not going to kill Pongo. <laughs> Once you name something, it's pretty much, Aww, you know, you, you're pretty much not going to kill it at that point. I feel like once you give it a name, which again is even more fucked up that I've yet to name this possum. Um, I need to, but anyway, at 2.30 a.m., Christy and Todd left his home and drove downtown in her car. She believes that Mafus entered Todd's home at this time. Around 3 a.m., they returned to his, house, to his home and she dropped him off. The coroner determined that Todd was dead within 15 minutes. At 4.30 a.m., Mafus called Christy from his parents' house 10 miles away. Two hours later, he showed up in her bedroom. At that point, she broke off their relationship. <laughs> He angrily left, and that was the last time that she saw him. This dude just appears in her bedroom, and she's like yeah. not even surprised. Yeah, and then and then uh, she she uh, recollects like how it went, and she was just like he he just said, uh, um, "I hope you're happy." Yeah, and, 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 you know, it's just like uh, he he said it in a way that was a little dark, and I'm like, <laughs> then the way that the guy did it in the reenactment, he, he like purposely like lowered his voice like i hope you're happy i'm batman (laughs) so i so so she was with him and she was cheating on him with the todd guy so i mean you know i don't know if she was still with him like didn't she break off and break it it off and then it just said at 4 30 a.m mafoos called chrissy from his parents house 10 miles away two hours later he showed up in her bedroom at that point after he murdered, after he had already murdered Todd, at that point she broke yeah. off their relationship. So yeah, but, she was uh, she was yeah. cheating on. You know, I mean, I'm not saying any of that justifies what he did, but yeah, it kind of fucked up on her part too. No, I think she also. I, I don't know. It I literally think there says been some she point. broke off their relationship. Well, yeah, after. I know, but I, I think I think there was another thing that might have happened. You know, when uh, he was arrested, you can't have double breaksy upsies, Mike. There's only one time you break up. There's not like a a breakup and then a conf- <laughs> are you sure you want to make this decision break up later? It's like no, we're uh, we're broken up. I mean, we end, okay. ending a relationship. Um, well, th- well, there's a lot of people who get back together, you know, off and on, off and on relationships. Either way, they thing. were technically together when she was fuck when she was riding on Todd's pole. Um, that's that's what that's that's what I'm getting at here. 
So she's got to feel like a little complicit or a little bad about like homeboy being stabbed to death because like, you know, you kind of. Well, she says, according to Chrissy, she broke off their relationship for good, not knowing what he had done. Um, So she was the one that broke off the relationship for good at that point, And she didn't know what had happened. And I think maybe because you said for good. So it might have been one of those like she put him in the friend zone. But then she was like, no, I, you know, we're done for good this time. Anyway, numerous pieces of evidence were found that led police to suspect Mafus, including a note written to his father apologizing for bringing shame on the family and several black hairs found at the crime scene that resembled the length and color of his hair. Also, he had told several friends that he would kill anyone who dated Christy. So he said it to his other friends, Jesus Christ, this guy's a fucking psycho. Christie was yeah. investigated and eliminated as a possible suspect in the murder. I don't think. But I don't think Todd's father. Yeah, thinks she knows more than she's saying. Well, even the police he, feel like she knows more than what she's saying. Well, a little bit. Like the police, they don't buy the whole uh, story that she said she went to the house and didn't see his body initially. Yeah, because like that. literally, she would have had to have tripped, almost tripped over his body, you know, yeah. as soon as she walked in. But she was like, "Oh, so, I didn't see it." Todd's father, Vernon Kelly, he's quoted here. He's like, according to all the evidence that we've dug up, I love. It. He was like, "We that we have dug up." Uh, by we, uh, myself, and, and and my wife. He's a part of his own uh, crack investigation team. Yeah, and the evidence the police have, there's no way that she was not there. She had to be... And, and the way that he was saying these things, like, he was just so confident. Like, he was super confident about things. You would, you would have thought that he was the police officer investigating this case. There's no way that she was not there. She had to be there during the murder. When Todd and Christy returned home, they probably started making love. And Mafus waited in the bushes. When he saw what was happening, that's when his jealousy took over and he could no longer control himself and decided to finish the act. When Christy said she heard the noise, it was Mafus coming in the door. I do believe at that point, Mafus convinced her to help him cover up the murder. Uh, Christy, of course, says uh, she fires back. She says the ac- accusation is just not true. I don't know why they want to blame me. I, kn- I mean, I know Todd and I had hardships and I hurt him and he hurt me. Uh, the idea that Christie was involved hasn't been given much credence by the sheriff because he says the possibility of an accomplice is pure speculation at this point in time, which he's probably speaking directly to, uh, Vernon. I, I, I tell from the vibe I got from Vernon, I got the vibe that he'd be like calling up the investigator and, you know, going to the police station and, you know, handing him this file of handwritten notes that, that he wrote down of what he thinks happened so he's probably like there. The possibility of an accomplice is pure speculation at this point in time. All right, Vernon, it's speculation. There's no hard evidence here. Uh, Todd's father thinks Mafus had to have help. It amazes me how a man could alone clean up that entire room, clean up the entire mess he had made, move the body, entirely clean the body, and also walk all the way back home in the amount of time that they had reported receiving another Which, phone call. Which, I mean, fair enough, you know. And he does have a point there. <clears throat> uh, the Kelly family believes that Christy gave Mafusa a ride home. They also questioned her statement about what happened when she returned to Todd's house at 7 in the morning. Uh, the sheriff also uh, is puzzled about that. Uh, we've asked Christy for a polygraph examination. The sheriff uh, is quoted, and she has refused to do that. 
Chrissy maintains that she's been maligned. Todd's family, they've been very hard on me from the beginning. They harassed me. They accused me. They unjustly accused me of everything. They wouldn't even let me go to his funeral. I realize they're hurting, and I don't think they realize that I'm hurting, too. I really felt for her at the end of this uh, this segment. I mean, it seems like this is definitely something that affected her you know, really strongly. And, it, and, and you know, it, it makes sense. Um, but, I mean, why would you refuse to allow her to go to his funeral? I mean, what kind of petty shit is that? Come on. <laughs> eh, I mean, it... Feel like it's kind of one of those things to where it's like, what does it hurt? It hurts nothing. It's not gonna harm anybody. You could just suck it up. Let her come, come. You know, let her come over to the funeral, and then you know, suck it up. Let her grieve, and then do your own grieving, and then she leaves. It doesn't hurt anybody. Yeah, but I, at the same time, I kind of feel like if that had happened to my son and and I felt like his girlfriend might have been complicit in any way and, and kind of knowing that, like, maybe the son communicated to the father that, like, yeah, you know, I've been seeing Christy again. You know, she's still dating that mafoose weirdo, but, uh, you know, blah, blah. And it's like, uh, you know, be careful, son. You know, people are crazy. Like, you know, I wouldn't be messing around with someone who's, you know, like that. But who's... it's just speculation at that point. You don't really have any true, hard, you know, concrete evidence. And you're talking about someone else's life here. Yeah, well, and, but I mean, and, that, you know... that was their kid, though. She's just some chick that, that dated him. You know, I mean, they, it, yeah. you know, it's like. I guess I just, I just don't. I think that's just incredible. I, I petty. see where they're. It's a funeral. I see where they're coming from. I I can understand them not just you know maybe not hating her, but just being like, yeah, we would just feel more comfortable like if you weren't there. Like I can understand that. I guess. I don't know. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So, Mike already touched on Todd's family. Um, you know thinking that she might have been involved, blah, blah. And Christy denies any involvement in Todd's death. And there's no proof to this day that she was involved in any way? Although she still refuses to take a polygraph um, for some reason. But that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything, but it's just kind of like, you know. Although, I, I, you know, I would pro honestly, I would probably refuse to take a polygraph, Yeah, exactly. Too. I, I, I honestly <laughs> would, even if I knew 100% that I was innocent, like, I, I would probably refuse to take a polygraph because I think I would be so nervous that I'd fuck it up yeah. that I, I would end up giving it a weird readout or something. You know, I just don't trust uh -huh. those things. <clears throat> so, uh, Mafus, uh, was finally arrested in India, uh, and he was extradited to the United States. Uh, does yours have a little more, uh, detail? Yeah, it was, when uh, he was arrested? In, in February, 2011. Wow. Puck was arrested at India at, uh, Indira Gandhi, international airport by uh, Central Bureau of Investigation. He had been living under the uh, aliases in Dhaka, Bangladesh to avoid capture by international authorities. Bangladesh does not have an extradition treaty with the United States. However, India does have an extradition treaty, so when he arrived there, authorities were able to arrest him. <clears throat> on November 13th, uh, or November 2013, he pleaded guilty to voluntary manslaughter after more than three years in jail. Uh, after more than three years in jail in both India and Indiana, that's a weird sentence. India and huh? Indiana. Okay. Um. 
Indiana is just India with a knot at the end. That's weird. India, Indiana. Huh, anyway. So he was sentenced <laughs> to 40 years in prison. Wow, that's weird. I thought voluntary manslaughter always carried a much lighter sentence. Cause man, you mean man, longer sentence? No, shorter. Because because fir- mm-hmm. first degree murder is the worst, right? That's premeditation. Why the heck did he? Why 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 did he not get first degree? Like why is it voluntary I, manslaughter? Yeah, like I think uh, manslaughter is 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 less worse than like third degree murder. I want to say on on the on the tier of seriousness of the murder, it's like manslaughter. Third degree. That's crazy that like seriousness of things is different, you know, with different third degrees. Third degree murder isn't as serious as like a third degree burn. Third degree burn is like the worst possible burn. Well, I mean, you know, whatever. I don't, I can, we we can argue semantics all day, but I mean. Yeah, semantics. uh, Semantics is interesting though. It's interesting how there's differences among. Well, I mean, to me, it makes sense. It make, meaning, like first degree things. would be like like first is like the most intense, you know, like it, it mm-hmm. like so, you know, the third degree burn. I mean, I guess that makes sense in context of your layers of skin. You have your first layer, your second layer, and then mm-hmm. the third. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, forty years. Like I said, I, I like like yeah, that motherfucker deserved. I don't know how he didn't get charged. Well, I think with first at this degree. particular point in time, uh, forty years is probably death sentence for him. Yeah, and maybe they knew that, so. And they didn't want to, maybe maybe first degree was something that would take them much more effort yeah, to, a lot, to pin him a on. Lot of time, so then they just went to with uh, voluntary Yeah, because they, they're, they you know, it, it, and, and it is, there are these legal acrobatics that you have to jump through sometimes where it's like, look, if we did pursue, this, this is obviously first degree, everyone knows it's first degree, but for us to get a first degree charge, we'd have to prove this, this, and this. All this time has gone by. We're not, you know, his lawyers might be able to do some finagling and get him out of it. Let's let's just go with tried and true manslaughter. We don't have to prove as much. Um, mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to get, and he'll still get forty years in prison. It's like they found a loophole to like make yeah. sure this guy like spends the rest of his life in jail. Um, this was the maximum sentence under his plea agreement. In his confession, Huck stated that he arrived at the home on the night of the murder only to find Christy and Todd having sex. He claimed that he waited for several hours until Christy left. After she left, he confronted Todd and stabbed him to death. Based on the confession, it is no longer believed that Christy had any involvement in the murder, which is good and kind of makes the parents look like assholes. Yeah, like I was saying. you, did, you did, it, it, Honestly, it's just... When it comes to a funeral and something like that, I mean, I understand it's an emotional time, but I guess, in in my opinion, I, I just look at it as, I, we'll just deal with it, you know, out of respect to her. You know, she was with him, and, you know, she does have feelings for him. Whether or not we personally agree with their relationship or not, at this point, Todd's dead, so... I, you know, that's just how I view it. I mean, I could see why you have, you, you know had your particular take on it. I could see why other people would have their a take similar to that, but I just feel it, with something like a funeral, it's like, you know, things are really messed up and, you know, fucked up as it is. Like, I don't, I, I don't want to live with the fact that, oh, because I didn't allow the, his girlfriend to go to the funeral, like I made, caused her even more grief. Like, I, I don't, I, you know, that just to me sounds really awful. 
and I understand it's just not necessary. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, Mafus was a total piece of work to say the least. Uh, I'm glad he at least got caught, and he's serving time. Yeah, I mean, you know, he got to. Uh, it it's kind of sucks that he got to like live as like a free man for so. I mean, w in this picture here that they have of him in 2014, you know, which is only three. Are you fucking serious? Can you still hear me? What? Yeah, I can hear you. What the fuck? I had a quick uh, little power flicker and my screen went black and the Ooh. light went off for a second. Ooh. That would have sucked. Ooh. This whole thing would have been fucking ruined. Spooky. I'm not even thinking about ghosts. I'm thinking about having to, you know, redo the whole fucking thing. I, I, I know, I know, but that does sound kind of spooky. Actually, actually. this recorder uh, has batteries in it, so even if the power source shits the bed, yeah. then then the batteries kick in, which is like super like mm -hmm. awesome of a feature. Um, so so you know it, it wouldn't have been fucked, but uh, no, but you now like in this picture of him from 2014, he looks like a you know an, a middle aged man. And when and if you look at the mugshot of him uh, when he was wanted or whatever, he was like super young. He looked like a baby. So it's like he's basically got to like live his fucking life. You know, granted, if he has any wife or kids, then he won't be able to see them again. So at least they're taking something away from him, which, you know. Should that should happen because he's a fucking he killed someone. So fuck him. Yep. But uh, yeah. So there you, there you go, folks. Speaking of the whole wife and kids thing, like I, I really feel for, you know, kids or, or spouses who, you know, don't know anything about the fugitive or, you know, the killer's past. And, you know, the, everything is just completely changed afterwards. Yeah, you know what's weird is like at, like some of these people who do who do this these like one-off killing things, um it's like they they have this like they snap basically they have this like moment where they just like lose their mind and they kill someone or whatever and then after that they're just like a nice person the rest of their life they mm -hmm. like they flee to another city or whatever and they just like live their life there and they're like nice to everyone and no one has anything bad to say about them and you know it's just like what the fuck or do you even have serial killers like the BTK killer yeah you know, oh, yeah settle down and have and you know start a family and or pillars of the community and and the local church yep and even work for the government and then they start killing again hey speaking of serial killers mike don't you got a serial killer to tell us yes about? i do this is the the uh account of robert hansen uh the serial killer who hunted his victims like animals in the 1924 short story the most dangerous game Author Richard Connell recounts the tale of a wealthy Russian aristocrat who bored, aristocrat, it's a different thing, uh, who bored with trapping animals, lures a big game hunter to his island and hunts him for sport. Uh, first off, speaking to authors, I want to give credit to Katie Serena for this article from All That's Interesting. So, ever since the story was published, a perverse idea of humans hunting humans has captivated people. The disturbing concept has appeared time and time again in the plots of novels, TV shows, and movies, but for the most part, it has been relegated to the pages of fiction. However, in the 1970s, Robert Hansen, known as the Butcher Baker, turned this premise into a horrifying decade-long reality. 
Though Hansen maintained a wholesome reputation in town, he let his hidden dark side run wild in the woods of Alaska. Throughout the 70s and early 80s, Hansen targeted sex workers and exotic dancers, abducting these women to turn them loose in the woods so he could hunt them like animals. This is the terrifying true story of the Butcher Baker serial killer. Who was Robert Hansen, the Butcher Baker of Alaska? Unlike his fictional counterpart, Robert Hansen was no aristocratic nobleman. Born on February 15, 1939 in Estherville, Iowa, his father was a Danish immigrant who owned a bakery. He was also a strict disp- disciplinarian. Um, and I'm going to share with you this article so you can see some of the photos of what this guy looked like. Um, definitely is not the guy that you would automatically pinpoint or look at and say serial killer. Maybe the captain of his chess team at school. Yeah. Or fucking, uh... One of Buddy Holly's stunt doubles. Yeah, you can go. Uh, speaking of Buddy Holly, he's actually a pilot, so you can uh, scroll down and you can see a picture of him a little bit older <clears throat> with his bush plane, bush plane, and Anchorage, Alaska. Oh, okay. He's like a school teacher. Yeah, he does. That's so crazy. He does not look like someone. I mean, I really have to stop saying that phrase. He doesn't look like someone who would be a serial killer because every fucking serial killer doesn't look like they would be a serial killer. Some of them. Do. Yeah, Richard Some Richard Ramirez kind of looked like a serial killer, but like the other guy, we Richard Chase, he looks crazy. Yeah, some so, some of them live crazy. up to the live up to the. But look. he actually was legitimately crazy, so it would make sense that he would look crazy. Um, yeah, I I know, but it's just one of those things like. It, it it just plays around with the with the unexpected, like you know, these pictures. He looks pretty unassuming, you know. If you didn't know anything, if you didn't know he was a serial killer, you'd just be like, oh, here's you know, the, the school teacher in in Alaska just hanging out in front of his plane, you know, or or a guy you go on a hunting trip with or something, you know. It doesn't. It, it's not. It it plays around with uh, a lot of it's the media driven stereotypes you know like oh i can't couldn't believe that he you know he would be capable of doing that kind of thing he doesn't look like somebody who would do that right so hansen's childhood was not an easy one he worked long hours in the family bakery from a young age though he was naturally left-handed he was forced to use his right hand instead a switch that resulted in a lifelong stutter fuck that is pretty messed up why would you do that what? why are you forcing your kid to be right-handed and and that made him stutter like vocally yeah apparently that, that i don't understand that correlation at all but okay maybe it might have been a, a muscle thing it caused a muscle twitch of some kind it's just kind of bizarre it is it's very bizarre as a teenager he was painfully shy he had bad acne and was mocked for his stutter the boys at school made fun of him, and the girls he liked rejected him. He was often described as a loner. As a social outcast, he took refuge in time spent alone. Over time, he became an avid game hunter, channeling his rage and fantasies of vengeance into the sport of stalking animals. And of course, that wasn't enough. He had to go uh, from animals to humans. Because the thrill was no longer there. 
1957, when he was 18 years old, Hansen joined the United States Army Reserve, hoping to leave behind his troubled youth and make something of himself. For a while, he did. After serving a year in the reserves, he became an assistant drill instructor in Pocahontas, Iowa, and even married a young woman he met there. But Hansen still felt uh, mistreated by the community and sought retaliation. Uh, in 1960, at age 21, he convinced a young bakery employee to help him burn down a school bus garage. When the boy later confessed, Hansen was arrested. His wife divorced him, leaving him alone and incarcerated. Though he was released just 20 months into his three-year sentence for arson, he was jailed a few more times afterward for petty theft. Still, he managed to remarry to another local woman. Finally, Hansen decided he'd had enough of the contiguous United States, and in 1967, he moved to Anchorage, Alaska, which, about, which was about as far from his life in Iowa as he would get, or he could get. He moved into a small community, he had two children with his wife, settled into a quiet life. He was well-liked and opened up a small bakery. But while the townspeople mostly bought into the facade of the happy baker with a quiet family and a knack for hunting, some cracks showed through Hansen's squeaky clean exterior. In 1972, he was arrested twice, once for the abduction and attempted rape of a housewife and again for raping a prostitute. Unknown to the authorities, his killing spree began in 1973, likely emboldened by his ability to walk free after those early rapes. The year of 1976 saw Hansen arrested again and sentenced to five years for shoplifting a chainsaw. How do you, sho how do you get away with shoplifting a chainsaw? I mean, those things are heavy. Well, obviously, he, did, he obviously didn't get away with it. Big. Well, I know. But I mean, why do you think you would get away with that? That's the other thing. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he bought like a a fucking trash can, like a yeah, like a trash can, and like put the lid on it and put it in the buggy and put the. You just imagine just like put the chainsaw inside the trash can, and then then like the lady at the checkout's like, "Oh no, sir, the barcode's inside the trash can." No, it's not. You can just like type in the number. Don't open that lid. Oh, you caught me. The the classic chainsaw in the trash can scam. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just imagining him trying to, like, carry clumsily, like, slowly try to drag a trash can with a chainsaw in it out the, out the door. And uh, then he gets caught because, like, he just he doesn't even get halfway, you know, to the door before it's like the, the clerk is like, come on. Open the trash can. <laughs> uh, however, he appealed that the sentence. Uh, he appealed that sentence, and he was released. While he continued to prey on strippers and sex workers, he who he forced to act out his twisted fantasies. <clears throat> In 1983, more than a decade after Hansen moved to Anchorage, a 17-year-old girl named Cindy Paulson was found running frantically uh, down Sixth Avenue, barefoot and handcuffed. Whoa. <laughs> After being picked up by a driver and returned to safety, Paulson, a prostitute, told her story story to police. Uh, this guy stutters, and apparently now I'm stuttering. She described being held hostage by a man who'd handcuffed her to his car, held her at gunpoint, and took her to his house where he chained her by the neck. The man raped and tortured her repeatedly before attempting to load her onto a plane and take her to his cabin in Matanuska, Sistina Valley, about 35 miles north at Anchorage. As the man prepared the plane for takeoff, Paulson managed to escape, leaving her shoes behind as evidence. That had to be one of the most horrific experiences 
that anyone could really have in their life to to you know be handcuffed and just raped and just totally just yeah oh, god uh absolutely uh destroyed mentally uh as well and in some ways definitely physically and then and then on top of that the whole escape can you imagine just what's going through your head at that point you know there there would be that elation like oh my i actually did it i got away but it would just be one of those things where your heart would be racing a million miles a minute and it would just be it, it was just the, the the suspense of it would be unbearable because you'd be like oh my god is he going to catch me it, you know am i actually going to be able to get out of this so Hansen fit the description of the kidnapper perfectly. Paulson even described his stutter and identified his plane, but police were still reluctant to bring him in. After all, uh, though he was no stranger to trouble with the law, the local baker was well-liked in the community. Hansen admitted that he had met the girl but claimed uh, she was setting him up because he had refused to pay her extraordinary, uh, extortionate demands. Exorbitant? Uh, that, that, that's what it says. It says extortionate. But um, that's some good writing right there. Yeah. Uh, when he told uh, police about a strong alibi provided by a friend, he was released. Meanwhile, Alaska state troopers were convinced a serial killer was on the loose. Uh, could be the baker, you know, the guy who matched the description of the girl who escaped. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying. Uh Several sex workers and dancers had gone missing, and the troopers were beginning to find bodies. When two bodies were discovered in the Matanuska Sistina Valley, along with the, with uh, 223 shell casings nearby, Hansen was a prime suspect, but the police needed proof. This led to an involvement of the FBI, including now-retired FBI agent John Douglas, who helped pioneer the field of criminal profiling, and whose story is depicted in the Netflix series Mindhunter. Douglas put together a psychological profile of the killer based on the details of the case, and the injuries inflicted on the recovered bodies. He theorized that the killer was an experienced hunter with low, with low self-esteem and a history of being rejected by women, and that he likely had a stutter. Isn't that insane? That's crazy. He nailed him. He nailed it. Yeah, that is wild. Though he had been cleared several times before, there's no doubt about it. Hansen fit the profile almost exactly. What's more, he owned a bush plane and a cabin in the Matanuska Sistina Valley. The police soon obtained a warrant to search Hansen's plane, car, and homes. What they found shocked them. The horror that Hansen's victims had endured was almost too macabre to believe. In Anchorage, Hansen was, respect was a respected business owner known for his skill as a bow hunter. The den in his home was decorated with hunting trophies and animals mounted on the walls, and he even, he even set a few bow hunting records. But what no one knew is that for more than a decade, the hunter had also been collecting trophies from another kind of kill. Hansen mainly targeted sex workers and exotic dancers from around Anchorage. He would kidnap the women and either drive or fly them in his private bush plane out to his cabin in the remote Alaskan bush. If the women didn't put up a fight, he would rape them and bring them back to town, threatening them into secrecy. But those who did not cooperate suffered a truly nightmarish fate. Out in the wilderness, his favorite location was along uh, Nick River, Hansen would set the women free. For a moment, they'd have hope that there was a chance to escape. Then, as they ran for their lives, he would track them down, taking his time hunting them like wild animals. Armed with a hunting knife and a .223 caliber Ruger Mini-14 rifle, he'd torture the women with this chase for hours 
or sometimes days at a time until he located his prey and shot them like game. The story of Hansen's horrific 12-year killing spree became the subject of a 2013 film, The Frozen, Ga- the Frozen Ground, starring John Cusack as Robert Hansen and Nicholas Cage as the Alaskan state trooper investigating the murders. God, Nick Cage. I'm, I'm wondering how he did in that role. While searching Hansen's home, police found an aviation map of the area hidden in the headboard of the bed. It was marked with tiny X's denoting the kill and burial sites of his victims. Some of the X marks matched up with where police had found bodies. There were 24 X's in all. What's more, his, in his psychological profile of the killer, Douglas had predicted that the murderer would keep souvenirs from his prey. Sure enough, in the basement of Hansen's home, police found a stash of jewelry. And the stash was a necklace that belonged to one of the victims. Faced with the evidence in 1984, Hansen confessed to murdering 17 women and raping another 30 women over a 12-year period. That's what you call a reign of terror. Hansen was sentenced to 461 years plus life in prison without parole in 1984. He was imprisoned at the Spring Creek Correctional Center in Seward, Alaska, where he died in 2014. As part of a plea bargain, the butcher baker was only ever charged with four of the 17 murders he confessed to, and some believe he actually killed more than 20 women. I mean, his own uh, sick, uh, twisted treasure map lists 24. In exchange for the reduced conviction, Hansen agreed to assist police in locating the remaining bodies plotted on his kill map. Unfortunately, five of the bodies still have not been found to this day, and Hansen took the secret of the locations to his grave. You son of a bitch. Yeah, that guy is uh, really something else. Uh, Sick, twisted. I mean, meanie. Really, really uh, fucked in the head. But I wanted to share it because I had never heard of him. And I did not know The Frozen Ground was based on a true story. I thought it was just some direct-to-video movie with with uh, John Cusack and uh, Nicolas Cage. I actually have it on DVD. I haven't seen it yet, though. Wow. <laughs> so he of was course, actually... Of course you uh... have it on DVD. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, do you think I wouldn't? <laughs> you think I would? <laughs> Dude, you need to, like... God, whenever you get your own place, you need to, like, style one of the rooms like a blockbuster That's video. That's my whole plan. I, I, I'm i not going to do it like a blockbuster, but my plan is that if I ever get my own place is big enough, one of my dreams is to have a movie room that, like, just has, you know, all these shelves with all everything, you know, alphabetized and organized by genre. That's what I have with format. my uh, retro game room, and I don't even, I barely even play uh, the retro games. I just, I just literally walk in the room and get joy from absorbing uh, all the nostalgia that comes off of the, the games that I used to play when I was yeah. a kid. It's fucking great. <laughs> Are you nostalgic for Shrek? <laughs> Is that it? No, I didn't. I, I mean, the first movie was all right, and then I didn't give a fuck after that. All right. I actually remember liking the second one, but it's been a while since I've seen it. I didn't like the third one, and I didn't even bother seeing the fourth one. Jesus, film. there was a fourth one? Yeah. Oh, that's a little overkill. And then there were all the spinoffs, you know, the short, uh, the the Shrek shorts. And, yeah, there's a lot. And I think they're maybe going to do another one, I heard, or something like that. I'm like, I don't know. We don't... And the spinoffs, you know, the Puss in Boots film. I did not know of that. I wish I 
Wish I didn't know about that now. That makes me sad. So, uh, speaking of things that make you sad. <laughs> Mike, you were just, I tell you this all the time, but you're getting better and better at segues. Um, yes, now we're going into the portion of the podcast that that uh, we dive into me when I was 15 years old and, and above. I do age in this. In fact, I think this, this uh, well, no. I might have just turned 15. I don't. Either way, this is the perks of being a Josh Flower. I need to come up with a theme song or something for this for this segment. So, uh, you know, the typical backstory they give. I used to write in an online diary every, almost every day of my life. Not every day, but like every few days, sometimes twice in the same day, but a lot. I'd write in this online journal called Zanga. Uh, it was Zanga.com. It was like a, a live journal, if, if that does anything for you. But I wrote in this for like from like age 14 to age 24. And I just recently uncovered them. Well, I say just recent. It's been about a month ago at this point. And uh, yeah, I've just been reading through them. And it's been kind of therapeutic in a way. It's, it's been kind of, uh, I guess, gives people a reference point to how I was when I was younger. And uh, spoiler alert, I was a fucking idiot when I was younger who had no perspective. Um, and... So here we go. Um, reading this entry comes from Sunday, September 26, 2004. My hair flipping hand is ready. I just played my second concert, bitches. I, <laughs> I guess you get to see who your real friends are by the kids who show up and the kids that don't. This band thing is a big deal to me. And if my quote unquote friends really cared about me that much, don't you think they would show up to something that meant so much to me? It was sweet, though. The kids started hardcore dancing to some of our songs. They didn't mic the guitar player's amp very well, though, so it was kind of one big noise. Murray Hill sucks. I want to play somewhere else. <laughs> it was sweet. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> but this is just a launching pad. This isn't where I'm going to play the rest of my music career or anything. Our band lacks something. It lacks an edge. We sound sort of unique, but we need to be the best if we're going to shine through all the other bands because there are a lot of them, even in Jacksonville. Well, just thought I'd update. And Steph, what the hell is your problem? Why did you just sign off on me uh, the other day? That was mean, and you have left me very confused about us. Are we or aren't we? And I guess I meant she just signed off on me on AOL Instant Messenger because okay. that's how we used to talk. All right. And I guess the are, wow. are we or aren't we, I guess so. Are we a thing? Are we dating or are we not? Um, also, if this is your first time listening to this, Stephanie was one of my best friends back then. I'm surprised you're not like, I'm going to talk to her. I'm going to tell her that, you know, we shouldn't we shouldn't go out. <laughs> I told Stephanie that it wasn't a good idea for us to go out because she has a boyfriend and she's not interested in me. So she needs me to tell her that it's not a good idea for us to go out. Oh, man. Um. Some, that is a good way to start because you're just all like, oh, this is, you know, you're all a bunch of, I'm, I'm, I'm in a band, bitches. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, the amps suck. Murray Hill sucks, but it was sweet. Yeah, it's, I, it, you know, it's funny. It's like, I don't, I, this is only a launching pl uh, pad. I don't plan on playing here the rest of my career. 
And uh, I, I'm li- I literally live five mile or or five minutes down the road from Murray Hill Theater, like right now, and I'm I'm like almost thirty two <laughs> years old. <laughs> so that's kind of sad. Um, no, I I don't I I don't play there anymore though, because that was a cri- it's a, it's an awesome venue. I don't know why I was like it sucks because I was a fucking idiot. I've played some venues that have sucked ass. And some of the bars you probably play. Oh, yeah. Like Murray Hill is, is like fucking God tier. No pun intended because they're a Christian venue. But that, that is like a God tier music venue compared to a lot of the shitholes that I've played since then. Um, but yeah, they, they're more like I love how you're upset about your so-called friends not going like. You, you, oh, you it, do realize that they probably ha- might have had plans, you know, that they could And they were like make teenagers it. and didn't have licenses yeah. and shit. And, the, and, and this is the thing, dude, if I could go back, it'd be like, Josh, welcome to being a fucking musician that books shows. This, yeah. this is never this phenomenon of people saying that they're going to go to your show and then not showing up. That is going to happen for the rest of your life, my friend. So get fucking used to it. It's called what every band goes through until they become famous like that that is yep. everybody goes through that like I, but you know that was my first experience with it so you know it, it was uh to me it was like this huge betrayal because you know of course it, i'm the center of my own world back then and it too brutus yeah it too. <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly e2 brute <laughs> how dare you not show up to my concert my concert is the edge of the world and you all this is this is so important to me therefore it is also so important to all of you yeah all right so now now oh, we got man. sunday october 3rd 2004 okay i went to this girl's party over the weekend and I went to my friend Zach's house. By the way, Zach was the kid that I did every bad thing with ever in my teen years. He was the first person oh, I smoked pot that kid. Yeah, he was the first person <laughs> I smoked pot with. He was the first person I drank alcohol with. Uh, you know, first person that is any kind of craziness that happened, Zach was that friend. I didn't really have uh, an equivalent of that. Like, I, I had a friend who we're not really friends with anymore. But he was just the the really like weird kind of fucked up friend, you know, the one that yeah you th- you definitely feel has some screws loose. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was we always knew he was kind of fucked up. I mean, you know, he thought he was possessed, so you know he you know we would actually mess around with him with crosses and shit, oh, and he would actually react. Um. And, uh, like, he would act like his skin is burning if you put, like, a fake, you know, the, the sign of a cross with your fingers on him. And uh, he, the thing is, though, I, I actually uh, hung out with him later on after we graduated once. And, you know, he, he just had some legitimate issues. Like, I think he was, like, uh, ment- he, he even said, like, I've been to mental institution and stuff like that, so... I think you know more more so now. I honestly feel for him, but that 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 uh that whole uh, get together was just awkward. It was just very awkward. We really didn't we we did not uh get get along. Um. So yeah, it it, it was just one of those things. It was like yeah, it, it was one of those. I'm glad I did it to realize that you know we're not really friends. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and I was just like, yeah, let's let's not go. I'm, I just decided not to hang out with him anymore. Yeah, that happens. Uh, but yeah, Zach was my 
bad influence friend, I guess you could say. Um, so anyway, uh, I went to this girl's party over the weekend and I went to my friend Zach's house. We had fun. And um, at the party, we totally trashed a place. They had a bowl of candy and I dumped it into the ice cooler thing. And then we threw a bunch of cans of soda into the woods. I feel really, <laughs> I feel really what? bad about doing it. But at the time, I didn't care. I did some things over the weekend that I feel like shit about. Fuck! Why can't I? S- what? What a rebel! Why can't I just like, stop I, doing just this threw shit? <laughs> we threw cans in the woods. Most badass. You probably thought you were badasses after that. It was, you know, it was youthful uh, indiscretions, I guess you could say. I remember that party, I think. And I also dumped soda into the potato chip bowl. (laughs) (laughs) You cruel. You cruel bastard. It's such a dick move because, like... Imagine putting yourself in that situation. Oh, I know. It would be, like, the worst. Like, what a piece of shit kid, like... The parents are like putting together this party for their 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 daughter and her stupid yeah. little friends, and then this one little fat shit who's not getting laid comes over there and takes all of his fat rage out on the candy and the chips and the soda. Um, <laughs> I remember we even made a joke at the time when we were because do- I totally remember doing this while we were trashing this like party, and it wasn't a party as in like drinking and shit. It was like you know a like a teenagers at a house thing, you know, nothing exciting. But for whatever reason, me and my friend were out the only ones outside and we started like trashing all like the, 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 the refreshments and, you know, dumping soda into the potato chips. And we, there was like this window where we could see the dad was like in the living room watching TV. And we, we thought to ourselves, wouldn't it be hilarious if he like turned his head and looked out the window and saw what he was doing and just stared back at the TV, shaking his head instead of like actually getting up and doing anything. <laughs> like he just—that is honestly a little hilarious. Yeah, like just, you just look at the look in the window, and he's just like, just shakes his head back and forth, and just continues watching, TV. reading his paper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had random thoughts like that back in the day that would make us laugh. Like we, we no, but I, I'm just imagining how gross it would be. Like you go to get you know some chips. You know, and then just soggy chips. <laughs> soggy Sprite-flavored just... potato chips. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. All right, so now we got Saturday, October 9th, 2004. Okay, um, it's Saturday, and I'm not doing anything right now. I'm just on the computer trying to amuse myself. I've been having problems with the guys in my band, mainly the two singers, Chris and Sean. They are so hard to fucking please. They all have these stupid little problems with me, and I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to do. <laughs> this sounds like it's not... I'm just saying, like, it almost sounds like it's some other uh, extension of your personality. You know, like, I, I remember reading... Some, I, I saw something with somebody who was, like, making a joke about how somebody's tweets sound like they're, uh, you know, a Karen or, or you know, some sort of, like, a basic, you know, girl yeah. or whatever. So this kind of sounds like, you know, it's like a, a girl groupie in a band who's, like, writing on her blog about, they all have problems with me, and I don't understand. I don't fucking understand. I can't do anything <laughs> right for these motherfuckers. <laughs> um, so back to this. I think today I am going to a church to get band picks taken with the guys. Cause you know when you when you when you're thinking cool badass band picks yeah. you think church right? Um, uh-huh. My friend Josh Delacruz is over, but he is asleep right now. 
There is this girl I am in love with named Casey. Oh, now we have the introduction of Casey. I will be talking about her a lot after this, guys. So just get get ready. I still think about Casey today. Um, did you write a song about Casey? I think I did, actually. Um, <laughs> I think I did. So, yes, now that you I've introed Casey into the picture, you will be hearing a lot more from her. So I'm in love with this girl named Casey, but she fucking likes this guy named Shane Halbritter, who is a douche. Oh, my fucking luck. Go back in some of my entries and you will see that I have horrible fucking luck. We are having two concerts this month, October 16th and October 29th. Check us the fuck out. Oh, and our website is up now. www.itisfinished.4t.com. I wonder if that website, I, I doubt that's, what? I doubt that's still a website. It is finished. That was the name of our band. It is finished. Oh, like the last okay. words Jesus said on the cross before he died. It is finished. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, check that site. Probably sound, sounded pretty badass to you guys at the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We had all these, like, anytime we play at a church or something, like, there'd always be some old lady that would come up to us and go, I love your band name. We even had shirts, too. I still have one of my shirts from that band. It's, <laughs> it's literally, it is finished, but it's like the words are in the formation of a cross yeah. with a big nail. What, what do you What do you think about the band name now? I mean, for a Christian band, it's a good name. If you like, if yeah. you like Christian music, which I tend to not, um, our music w- at least it's yeah, at least it's not like if you know what the context is of it, then then it makes sense. But if you don't know the context of it, then you're like, what? But there's a lot of band names like that where you're like, okay, all right. Our music uh, wasn't bad for uh, you know what it was like. There there was a lot of th- there was a lot of way worse bands that I could you know I could have started out in. Um, I I have our music on the computer. I might post it. What are some of the the cringiest band names you remember? Us uh, uh, from like uh, your time. Sunset Down was a pretty bad one, but it wasn't spelled S U N. It was spelled S O N, like su- Sunset Down. They were a Christian band. Um, that was pretty bad. Uh, let me think, uh, as far as the local bands around here, and I'm I'm trying to name ones that aren't around anymore so I don't get any trouble. Um, I don't know. A lot of the bands were just generic. Uh, the sophomore attempt was a big band out here, uh, back in the day. Fucking, um, uh, Hello Danger. That was a pretty, (laughs) that was a pretty cringy one. Hello, danger. Um, <laughs> You're just like... I, the band that I was in after uh, oh, the band I was in after it is finished was a band called Fatal Future. <laughs> and guess what genre of music we were? Uh, uh, future, you know, sort of pop or whatever. No, no, like no, no. We were metal, my friend. You can't have a band name. <laughs> Of Fatal Future and be anything but a fucking death metal band. Yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, that band was so bad. It is finished with such a more solid band than Fatal Future. I really went down in my career at that point in my life. But yeah, anyway. Um anyway, blah blah blah. Oh, and our website's up. Told you about the website. Sign the guest book and make your voice heard. Just kidding. Um, that's about all going on in my life right now. I need to lose five pounds. I gained weight, which is gay. So I'll just cut back on my eating. Okay, bye, bitches and hoes. <laughs> I love it. it was like, you know, gaining weight, you know. Gaining is, weight is, 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 is gay. Gaining weight is tantamount to being a man sucking another man's dick in my 
in my opinion. But then you end it with like bitches and hoes, which sounds like something that you could see, maybe see someone who is like really comfortable with, with their sexuality and online, but like, you know, bye bitches and hoes, <laughs> you know? So it's like, it's one of those things where it's kind of, there's just a lot of different sort of things going on. In this, yeah. In this a lot of emotions, a lot of different personalities as well. Oh, in this post... Jockeying for position. In this post, I talk about uh, Sunday, October 10th, 2004. It's Sunday morning. I had fun last night. Dude, The Forgotten is a good damn movie. It was scary as hell, too. I suggest you see it. Have you have you seen that since? Isn't that the one where... Uh, that was, the, that was think, the alien one where they just get sucked up in the sky? Yeah, it was Julian Moore, I think. I remember that was the scariest part of the movie was they'd just be standing there and they'd just get sucked into the sky really quick. It was, I think it was like one of those films that was starting out, it, it was, it was, uh, it was lulling you into this false sense of believing that it's a typical sort of missing persons thriller and then it goes into the alien stuff. But I haven't seen it in a while. I remember it being interesting. Yeah. Though. But what's inter- what's ironic is that it's called the Forgotten, and that movie has been forgotten. Yeah, yeah. And, like and, uh, it was one of those like, I feel like it was one of those movies that that could exist back then in the early two thousands before like pirating movies became like a really big thing, where those like kind of middle budget movies could come out that weren't like these huge crazy blockbusters, but they weren't these. In- they still do that uh, now and then, but it, it's not as common. Yeah. Well, that's why you see all the fucking remakes and shit, you know, because they they need they need the home runs, you know. But they are home runs. They're complete, you know. Flops. It's a, I They're think it's a gamble. Flops. It's it's either a flop or it does well. It's like it, it's it's rare that a remake just does okay, you know. It either bombs. Well, or no, a lot of them, a lot of them. There are some that break even, but that doesn't do anything. Yeah, that is it. That's not a positive for for the studio that's backing or releases it. Uh, I, I, I'm wondering if some of them are just fucking tax write-off excuses at the end of the day. Yeah. I have a theory in this post here. Uh, I will only go out with someone from now on, only if there is a mutual liking. I'm tired of going out with people who I liked, but they didn't like me. And then I mentioned this chick, Sarah, that I dated briefly. She, and I said, sorry, Sarah, I know that is true, though. So Casey must like me before I will go out with her. So I'll talk to this stupid Zanga oh, later. fucking luck with that. I mean... <laughs> How are you going to know? The logic, though, is impeccable. You have to ad- admit that my logic... I was a fucking child wonderkind with my logic back then. I had discovered that the only way that... The only reason you should go out with someone is if they also like you. Isn't that genius? Like a genius revelation? Yeah, but at the same time, how are you going to know? How are you going to know that? You know, before you go out with them. I mean, I guess you, like, verbalize it in some way. Yeah, I guess if you pick up on the body language and whatever, well, you can do it that way. Well, I mean, way, back, but... you know, back in those days, back in junior high, you literally just said, hey, I like you, or I have a crush on you. And the person says, I have a crush on you, too. And that's like... Is that really how it worked? Or is yeah, that that's how, that's how, how it worked know? a lot of times. It was huh. like, do you want to? Will you be my girlfriend? Like, do you want to go out with me? Or whatever? I thought that was just a fictional. No, kind that, of, we, you know, we we we. I mean, no girl ever said it to me, mind you. I mean, let's let's be real. I mean that that was never said to me by a female. But uh, there was never the I like you. Yeah, it was always, um, you know. Anyway, you'd come out and you'd be like, I like you. I don't. Hi. 
<laughs> so okay, this next thing ought to be this next thing ought to be entertaining because I I vaguely remember this. So this chick that I used to date named Sarah, and the reason why I don't talk, I haven't mentioned her very much in the Josh Flower Diaries is I think I started the Josh Flower Diaries after I had broken up with Sarah. Sarah dated me, um, I think out of charity. Like she was, Ooh. she was really cute and all, but uh, I don't think she actually liked me, and she actually like cheated on me. She, How dude, do you she, feel about the dating due to charity? Uh, it was awful. Like knowing, knowing that like this you have the title that this person's dating you, but like, there's no actual, like there's no actual feeling that they actually give a Would shit. Would you rather have her not date you at yes, all? I, if versus, I could have, you know, if I could have gone back in time and dude, she was a little hoe, man. She was like 14 years old, like sucking guys dicks in the broom closet at, in chapel. Damn. Yeah. She was like, she was, I was way not her speed. Like she was way like, I think she had gotten molested or some shit like that, but um Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah, but like she like cheated on me several times and like I like she was like the second girl I ever made out with. Um she like grabbed me and took me to the girls' bathroom and locked the door to the girls' bathroom. I thought that was so ballsy of her. Like I was like, "Holy shit, you're like rocking my world right now." And um we like made out finally and it for like, you know, 7 seconds and then I walked out of the bathroom and had this huge fucking boner and everyone could probably see it. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, yeah, but that, the, she was pitching a tent. She was, you know, the, she had a lot of like oh, problems. She was your stereotypical complicated female teen. Who's like all up in her feelings and has all these weird thoughts and emotions. So anyway, I write down Friday, October 22nd, 2004, I just got done reading Sarah Zanga, and it appears that she has all these weird, complicated feelings that no human could comprehend. So I want to write a damn poem when I come back. And boy, do I come back with a poem. <laughs> I think I'm trying to make fun. Ooh. I think I'm trying to make fun of her. I barely remember doing this, but I haven't read this since Saturday, October 23rd, 2004. So here it goes. Okay, I'm going to make a poem now. The Random by Josh Cannon. Why can't I live and die at the same time? Why does positive plus negative equal nothing? I would like to mighty my schlong and make it long. Take a hit <laughs> take a hit from a bong. Don't spill it on the floor. Bread fetal position. <laughs> Today I <laughs> Oh Mike, it gets I think it gets better. I don't know. Oh, oh my Today god. Today I saw a toad walking down the road. But what Pongo? But what if it was reversed and I was the road? What would make that uh, the toad? Would he exist? What if someone got oh raped in Antarctica? God. Would anyone care? What? what? <laughs> you go to extremes even in your poetry. Could I borrow a shotgun mercy seat? Crowbar nightmare. Maybe if someone would just tell me that would just tell me that would just tell me, that would just tell someone tell me that maybe if I didn't give so much bloodthirsty tears to my dog for a paradise, then I would mighty my penis. Not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> this is some beatnik shit, man. I need to hear some finger snapping, like some like walking bass lines. But um, don't. 
There was a girl who had big titties and she liked to have sex with people and everyone hated her because she gave people head while she was still going out with someone else. Ooh, I'm calling out Sarah right now. And she was like unexplainable because my stupid shit mind can't put into word things. I can't just like put into music or something like that. Toothed. Is this still a poem? I think so. Toothed 89 Colonel bleed. There once was a goth who said black like my soul, but like my whole. Every Every time I kill myself, I die. And that would be once. Bob Saget. Good riddance. (laughs) What does Bob Saget have to do with anything? And then I end it with ist über mich, which is German for is is about me or is over me. Uh, there's no way. There's no way we can uh, <laughs> have anything else happen after that. We gotta end it here on this on this on this high point uh, that is really a low point. I end, I end the post just, by going a poem by Josh Cannon. This was a poem to show how stupid and how serious some people take their shit. There are good poems, and then there's just nonsense, and a lot of times I see nonsense, and this was something to combat the nonsense and show people how stupid it is to take poems seriously. Fuck you, bitches. So, okay, so by making, you know, a bad poem... <laughs> I, you know, I thought I was being fun. witty, I thought I was being, you know, uh, subversive, I thought I was, like, making some grand statement. I saw Sarah's poem, and... You know, I guess she had, you know, done this really stream of consciousness, lofty kind of poem. So I guess I was trying to lampoon that in my own way. Um, Well, it's not as funny now that, you know. I know you wanted it to be. You wanted it to. Yeah, you wanted that to come from my heart and be a real thing. I think even back then I wasn't that I wasn't that cringy. I was pretty fucking cringy. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, but yeah, sure. no, we'll definitely. Regardless, even as an attempt, you know, uh, to just lampoon it, it actually was pretty, pretty funny, pretty hilarious. I, I like the random mention of Bob Saget in there. That was good. Yeah, I know. What the fuck does Bob Saget have to do with it? And the black like my soul, but like my whole. That's a pretty. That's a pretty good gothic poem. What? Sounds like what is that a different lyric for a, a you know a, a tool song or something? I could just see you like know, like, a, like like fucking uh, you know New Order or Joy Division just being black like my soul, but like my whole. <laughs> oh man! All right, yeah. So that ends this this week's edition of the Perks of Being a Josh Flower. Uh, that I haven't left that hard and. <laughs> Long time. I mean, seriously, that, that that was funnier than most comedies I, I've seen lately. Well, you got the combo of it being completely absurd and the fact that I was like, with the context of how cringy and try hard I was at that age. Yeah. You know, so it all just comes together to uh, make for just a fantastic bit of cringe. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So you guys can look forward to next week. I swear these get worse. They do. And then they get better as I get as I finally hit my 20s. Like okay. the last four years of the Josh Flower Diaries will be w- way less sad and way more like, you know, in, in, in introspective. And, you know, I, I get better, but it gets worse and then it gets better. 
It's like a curve. Well, I'm pretty sure, you know, I speak for everybody. We're looking forward to, uh, you know, the, the journey. Because, yeah, the journey. Yeah. Because, you know. Whenever I listen to, like, memoirs, like, on audiobook, like, I, I really get the most joy out of hearing, like, when they're at their lowest point, when they're at their worst. Like, that's what, that's, to me, is the most interesting. I love chaos to a certain degree, you know. I'm a very mm-hmm. orderly person, but at the same time, sometimes I like controlled chaos. And so I like hearing about people's, you know crash and burn if you will you know it's just it's fascinating to me well it, especially if they find a way to recover yeah, exactly like yeah. if they don't then it's just then depressing. it's just sad yeah if they die or something yeah then it's just kind of depressing all right well that's the end of our podcast if you want to join our facebook group on facebook and uh you know join our vibrant community of almost what two thousand members uh you can go to facebook.com go to the search bar whatever you want to call it type in uncovering unexplained mysteries you can join our group or you can like our Facebook page, but our Facebook page literally does nothing for us. It's just there. Uh, the group is a lot more interactive and a lot more fun. And the people there are nice and they're not douchey, which you can't say that for a lot of groups. Um, just don't try to hawk your uh, your your ghost tour uh, live stream in there or anything or you will be banned because that shit's annoying. You're not trying to actually freak us out. You're just trying to promote your whatever the hell. Anyway, um, so do that. You can uh, subscribe to us on Patreon if you want to get this podcast early. If you want to suggest uh, episodes for us to cover in the future, like Robin from Australia did last week with the uh, uh, Dutch um, not uh, being the first whites possibly in Australia. Um, that's patreon.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries. And uh, finally, if you want more of me and Mike, but you want us, maybe, maybe you want us a little bit more separately. Maybe we're two together when we're on the podcast and you want to break us apart and, and, and have us that way. Well, you can do that by going to YouTube, for Mike anyway, uh, you go to YouTube.com slash OCP Communications and subscribe to Mike's YouTube channel. He's a movie guy. He talks about the movies. Mike, what was the last video that you made? The last uh, video I uploaded is a review of the 1999 cult classic Jawbreaker. Um, that one actually has a cameo by Marilyn Manson. Uh, short cameo, but it's a pretty, pretty memorable one if you've seen the film. Uh, it's a it's a take on the whole you know teen click you know the click of popular girls, but then something goes awry. And the power structure is shifted, and it's very similar to Heather's in, in uh, its dynamic. But it's, it's I, I really liked it. I feel like I I've heard it of that movie. Funny. I, I, I thought it was sweet. Meaning... I thought it was also uh, really dark. And uh, I, I'm a really big fan of dark comedies. And Rose McGowan was just so much fun to watch as as the as the film likes to call her Satan in heels, uh, Courtney Shane. Um, yeah, it's one of those films that uh, I, I honestly would recommend. I think you actually might like it. Yeah, I've been. It's got I've been, a punk soundtrack as I've well. I'm meaning to check that one out. Uh, it's you know, yeah, it's, long line of list of movies I need to check out. Yeah, it's got a punk soundtrack. You got the Donnas, nice, uh, and a few other uh, you know bands like that. Cool, cool. So yeah, go over there to Mike's YouTube channel. He's he's got a bunch of other movie reviews that he's done. I I enjoyed his uh, Detroit Rock City movie review. I watched that. 
um, the, I think last week when we got done doing our podcast. Have you seen have, have you seen that film yet? No, I haven't seen it. I just listened to your review of it. Um, I yeah. feel like I've I basically feel like I've seen it after listening to your review. Yeah, and I, I like yeah. how you're like, uh, <laughs> dude, you, you literally guy. had me laughing out loud when you're like. It doesn't even rock one of my socks off. This movie could at least <laughs> rock one of my socks. This rocks none of my socks off at all. And it could have, but it missed its opportunity. Like that shit was so funny. Yeah. Yeah. And then I and then I did the impression of the stoner guy, which that that is exactly how that 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 character is in that movie. Like I I was th- there's no exaggeration at all. Like the, he's the stoner stereotype. Yeah. They're like dude, man, like Oh, a stoner. Shit's so annoying. Such smoke lots of pot. It's a cliche because every day like, now, man. literally everyone I know smokes weed or consumes marijuana in some way or another. And they don't act. No, like they that. don't. I mean, they they don't. That's why it's a tired cliche. They don't make the faces either. Uh-huh. Like, Duh. yeah, it's a ve- very tired cliche at this point. All right, if you did a, a video about why, uh, well, rock... I was getting to that, Mike. If you want to check out my YouTube dead. channel, then you can go to YouTube.com/slash/dancingwithghosts. Dancing with ghosts. You can also look up my band, Dancing with Ghosts, on Spotify or Apple Music or anywhere where you listen to music. Please do that. Check out my band. Anyway, I do videos on uh, music, uh, rock music, alternative rock, uh, video games. Sometimes I'll talk about TV shows and current events. Uh, it's just like a bag of trail mix. It's got everything you want in there. The last video I did was a video on the whole rock is dead argument. I, I weigh in on my opinion on, on you know, the people who say rock and roll in 2020 is dead. I submit to you, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, it is not dead. It is just... It's different. It's different. It's evolved, and you probably... Yeah. If you don't like change and rock and roll to you was Led Zeppelin or Nirvana or whatever, you're probably not going to like the new version of what yeah. is kind of considered rock. Um, it also depends on what you're looking for. Like, you you, you know, you got to look. You know, there are bands that, are, you know, newer rock bands that do the kind of music that you might like. You just have to, you know, they're just not going to show up on the radio. I mean, literally, um, if you want... If you want more new classic rock, literally buy all of Greta Van Fleet's albums. They sound they sound just mm-hmm. like Led Zeppelin as far as the vocalist is concerned. The, and if you're looking for like you know metal or you know hair metal or, or you know kind of eighties rock, there are options you can get you know for that kind of stuff too. Yeah, Ghost. So it, it's yeah, it's not like oh, there's no options for me at all anymore. It, it, that's that's just it. I feel you on that kind of argument, uh, you know, being tired of that. Like, you're probably like, oh, this again. I feel that for me, it's physical media. You know, like, physical media is dead, or it's dying, or it's going to die in, in the next year or so. And they've been saying that for, like, ten years. <laughs> and then the arguments are always the same. Like, well, my friends don't buy Blu-rays or DVDs anymore. And, you know, people in my circle don't do it. That doesn't mean anything. Things are just changing. It's turning into a niche market for a niche audience. You know, just like records right now. I I, I put a fucking CD in my car today for the first time in like a really long time. Mm -hmm. And it felt so weird. I was like, I'm putting in this plastic disc into my car right now to play music. When normally I could do it wirelessly from my phone or just plug in an auxiliary cord into my phone, 
Now I'm putting in this piece of plastic that is going to produce the music that I hear. It for a second it kind of it it, it kind of took me aback, you know, because CDs mm-hmm. are so obsolete. You know, m- movies yeah. not so much. You know, you have a lot of people. Well, I mean, some people are talking about streaming and whatever, and I'm like, yeah, you know, the thing that what's happened is the audience and the market has shifted. So, you know, in the when it first started, owning a movie was more of a niche thing because only a few people could actually afford to own a movie. Like, people don't remember, like, when VHS tapes cost you, like, $90. They were that much at one you point? Know? Yes. Oh, my God. When they first started coming out, it was, like, eighty nine ninety five, seventy nine ninety five. VCRs were like five hundred, six hundred dollars. The reason why—that's the reason why the rental market boomed—is because audience, you know, the mark, the you know, average Joe or Jane, they couldn't afford to buy movies or rent them. Yeah, they couldn't afford it. Damn, that's crazy so, that they were ever that much. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's the crazy thing about so, video games is the like the price of video games has stayed pretty much the same. Yeah. That, I think this whole time. I, you know, I think they're too much now. Like you would think that they would start to lower the prices more. You know, no, I figured they would raise more. the price because um, yeah, it was in because dude, back in the fucking I'm telling you, back in like the the early '90s, video like like Super Nintendo games were sixty bucks. Nowadays, yeah. when a new game comes out for the PlayStation Four, it's still they're getting you still with, sixty uh, with bucks uh, digital. They're getting you with digital like bonuses. Yeah, and but stuff. that's where but they the get core of the game. The, the core of the game is, is is there. You know. Yeah. Like it's it's um it's gonna it's yeah. gonna be there. But what I was talking about is that there was a time when the average audience they didn't have a streaming alternative, so they were also uh, consuming and and buying you know physical media. That's not the case anymore. Uh, so it, it's back to the niche audience, the niche market, and it and also things are changing in terms of uh, how these uh, how physical media is sold. So a lot of the time, it, it, you know, people are talking about, oh, it's not in the store anymore, it's dying. Well, that doesn't mean anything. It's just it, the market is shifting, and the, and the way that people are are buying and consuming physical media is shifting. So a lot of people are buying uh, a physical media online or directly through the retailers who who make it now i i think it's still going to be you know here and be a part of uh you know uh the industry for a while it's just i think what what's more likely to happen is that it would uh there wouldn't be as much made and it would be more expensive similar to like the the records you know like the television records like the one that you got for unsolved mysteries i still haven't fucking like been able would... to play because i ha- don't have a fucking record player maybe i'll ask my mom yeah. for that for my birthday my birthday's coming up yeah, by cause... the way everybody september 2nd ah. september 2nd if you want to send me a present let me know um i'll set up a fucking p.o box <laughs> you can just <laughs> lavish me with gifts Actually, two people. I, I actually I got the uh, the very nice Jade from Sweden. I think is supposed to be sending me something for my birthday. So oh, cool. shout out to you, Jade. Cool. You the you the you the MVP. But anyway, sorry, Mike. I just kind of totally interrupted what you're saying with uh, my uh, e begging. No, no, it's fine. I, I I actually was done. I didn't really have much else to say. So it was just one of those things I was just mentioning that I think that's what's going to happen with physical media. Um, and st- until streaming actually gets to the point where the quality is on par with the disc and you get the features, 
uh, I, you know, I, I'm always going to go with physical media. Also, physical media, like, there's there's a new presentation thing that just trumps streaming. Like, some of the box sets that I have are just really cool looking. I recently got one from Arrow for Flash Gordon, the 1980 Flash! film. And it's... Uh, ah! You <laughs> saved every one of us! Savior. Yeah, savior of the universe! Dun, 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 dun. Flash! Swing! Oh! <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's a, that's a movie that is pure camp, but it knows it, oh, so well, that's why good. it works. It, it it's it's a lot of fun, but you can't take it seriously. But it's not taking itself seriously anyway, right? So, Mike, should I go out drinking um, tonight? I'm debating. I don't. Hey, if you want, I mean, didn't you go out drinking I last did. night? Thinking about doing it again tonight. Hey. And as long as you drink responsibly, which I think you probably will. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't really want to stay home tonight. And you're like, I, I don't want to run into Kimmy, though, again. <laughs> I don't, I'm not, not worried about Kimmy. Her ass is usually too drunk to know what's going on anyway, so. Uh, but all right, that's the podcast for this week, guys. Until next week, hope you have a good rest of your day, night, week, month, or year. And until next time, you can go fuck yourself. Whoa. No, uh, I mean, bye. Sorry. I, that was wrong. Had me thinking about Kimmy there. Sorry. Uh, I guess that was uh, uh, Teenage Josh who uh, took over your Well, body the hair flip inside me just, like, cried <laughs> out for attention, I guess. I don't know. All right. We'll see ya.